0: Uh, that's <laughs> really Hey Everybody, welcome to the Daddy Caddy Podcast. It's your it's your favorite daddies, and we're here in different caddies right now. Uh, Mike is up up in the mountains right now, right? Yep, up in the mountains. I'm out in I'm out in Bear Lake, uh, living it up in this nice cold weather. It's still cold up here. Um, Pete, my background. I'm doing this in the basement because it's super late at night but uh yeah we got a lot to talk about um i mean i don't I, I think we all know what we're all thinking about what a lot of this episode is going to be so let's just get it right off right off the chest um if you guys are wondering i'm okay i'm okay i have a you know i have people that are reaching out to me and, he's you know, okay
1: like- he has his counselor right on the other side of that screen <laughs>
0: All right, no, I'm hurting a little bit, okay? As you guys know, my Dallas Mavericks well, you- out in game five. It was rough. Um, I, th- I like to say that the refs had a lot to do with it. Um,
2: <laughs> and That's the first thing you go to is just blame it on the refs.
0: Hey, but for the record, so we're obviously getting into it, but I just want to ask you guys, do you guys think a lot of those Miami fans are gonna be like, oh, the refs totally won this game? The refs totally won in this game.
1: No, because no. they were losing the whole time. They they the Celtics won that wire to wire. Yeah. And if
0: you really if you really go to say there was there's just as many BS calls on the Celtics as there were on Miami.
1: Yeah, and as he, soon as as soon as Boston started going for a little bit of a run there, it, it looked like there was a questionable call to kind of stop any momentum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um but let's let's not let's not brush brush aside the big topic. Uh Luke well, The came big out-
2: topic right now, the big topic right now is it's gonna be the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals.
1: Yeah.
2: And um everybody, a round of applause for Micah. Boston in seven. He's I think he's the only one so far in this whole entire playoffs. That actually had a right pick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what
1: game
0: it was?
2: Yes, yeah. for for pick picking picking the series. Um, so we'll just we'll just go ahead and put that one to the put these to the side. The one uh, Logan puts out in his book, uh, the book of bad takes. Daddy Caddy is gonna be chapter one, two, three, and four.
1: <laughs> we'll we'll just take the whole first book. It's probably going to be a whole series. We'll just take that whole first book.
0: Yeah, we'll take it all, pre-order it.
1: But nonetheless,
2: nonetheless, the Boston Celtics have made it back to the NBA Finals after, what, like an 11-year drought?
1: 10, yeah. Last time they were in was 2012, wasn't it? No, it was 2010. Oh, then, yeah. Math is hard, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, –
2: Boston's finally back. I mean, we've made it to the conference finals about like two or three times. Um since then. Then you to walk ever... lebron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're back. But uh yeah, let's get back to uh JJ's humiliating take of the Dallas Mavericks.
1: Yeah, let's just circle back because we didn't go into it enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, that wasn't enough
1: i just want to know why you're not wearing that jersey right now up at bear lake right. um, well
0: first off i'm not home so it wouldn't have gotten shipped to my house fast enough okay i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna order that jersey but i'm gonna make sure it comes in like seven days i'm not paying extra to get it here quicker <laughs> so how pit jersey i found him for like 69.99 i guess he's like not that good of a player so it's like on discount or something I mean, he did just come off his rookie year. So, oh, and Micah, I'm not selling it to you. I'm going to light it on fire after I'm done with it. (laughs) That's fine. You
1: still paid the money,
2: so you're just giving a thousand. No, 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 no. no. That's not, that wasn't part of the deal. That wasn't part of the
0: deal. Okay, then it's going to the DI then.
2: No, the deal was is that you would sell it to
0: Micah Half Price. (laughs) At that, I do think we don't need, we don't need Jamie to pull that one up. I, I slightly remember that.
1: Yeah, we got receipts. We got messages in the chat. Forgetting we keep recording these and it's kind of screwing
0: me over. <laughs> so yeah, Dallas for, Dallas took a took a huge dookie, I think. Uh well, uh, just
2: just to give some backstory, because um as we didn't make this bet, we talked a little bit about it, but um on our Facebook, we posted on our Facebook. Uh so all those all those who are listening right now, go ahead and um like our go ahead and follow our page on facebook uh the daddy caddy podcast we're also on instagram
0: um if you you don't if you don't know where to find it or anything like that if you have any of us on facebook or anything like that just message us and we can send you the link um we do have an instagram up um we haven't had anything posted on it yet but that will be coming shortly so
2: yes you will see plenty of pictures of jj in a falcons jersey coming soon
0: maybe one
1: I'm half tempted to just create an OnlyFans for all the people down there in Atlanta,
0: <laughs> just so they can see it.
1: <laughs> Things have been pretty grim in Atlanta, so they need some good news. And seeing, uh, seeing a Saints fan in some red and black would do them a lot of favors. Yeah, I'm sure they'd like
0: that. But no, JJ, is, I want to. I've seen what excites you guys, and it's not much. So,
2: no, I, I want to ask you this, JJ. You were riding that 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 bet so hard. I mean, you were convinced. Even down three to zero, you were convinced that Dallas was going to make a comeback.
0: It wasn't three zero. It was like two one. Dallas had won a game. Dallas won
2: the fourth game. It was three zero. <laughs> it was <laughs> it three, it three to zero? zero. I'm pretty sure it was three to zero when we made this exact bet. I yeah. Think it was. Um. But
0: uh, I want to know.
1: You were clearly inebriated or something. There's no way you did that sober.
0: Oh, I was sober. My So my thing was, was just just seeing – you can't take away after seeing what Dallas did to to the Suns that they couldn't do that to Golden State. But I think Golden State watched a lot of film. I think they realized – I mean, it's, it doesn't take much. I could go over there and be their coach to tell them what to do and how to win the series. But – they, they they locked down Luka. That's all it took. Luka's not playing good. Yeah.
1: No, they made Luca the role scored players. Like, they, Luca didn't scored, Luca. Points, they didn't lock down Luka. they averaged 40 points. They didn't lock down Luka. They did what they were supposed to do, and they tried to make the role players beat them. They knew that Luka was going to get his. So you let Luka get his, <laughs> but you make the role players beat you, and that's what the Warriors did. They were leaving dudes like Brunson open. They were leaving dudes like Dorian Finney, Smith, open at the three they were leaving kleba they, there wasn't a dude within the same zip code as kleba when he was at that three-point line they were making everybody else beat him well yeah. and, and, and like
2: michael was saying those role players because that that's what killed phoenix because because luka did what Luca luka did the same exact thing in the series against the warriors as he did in phoenix It was the only difference was is that you had guys like Spencer Dinwiddie playing playing really good basketball, Uh, Finney Smith playing good basketball. You had Kleba who was just unconscious from the three point line, like like you had things like that. But in this series, you didn't have those. I mean, it was like I almost want to even call it like a, you know. It was like a dream you know like like the fact that you had these players playing so good and they're just they're, they're they're role players I mean this was very uncommon of them it was for some reason I guess I don't know if it was a difference between playing in a three seed or a two seed in a and a one seed for these guys they just took the Suns way more seriously or the Suns didn't take the the Mavericks as seriously but I think if you look at the shooting percentages um between uh this series and and the last series, you're gonna see a really big difference. The Mavericks didn't shoot nearly as good. Um and, and like Micah said, you had they were they were leaving guys open. They were leaving guys open from the three, and they just weren't beating them. That's where boss that's where uh, uh Phoenix got beat was from the three-point line. Um and so the Phoenix had nobody step up that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was bad. Now, Phoenix wasn't scoring the way they should. And you still had guys like a Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole and all this. Andrew Wiggins had a really good series. Wiggins is playing great. Um, Mooney, that that rookie. What was his name? John Mooney? Well, I don't remember his name, first name, but he's a rookie. He was playing really, really good for uh, Golden State, too. And so you had – everybody was doing what they were supposed to do in, in Golden State, and that's what we knew that they were going to do. Well, we did. You didn't, but but we yeah. knew that that's what Golden State was going to do.
1: JJ knew something. I'm still trying to figure out what it was. <laughs> but he, he knew something.
0: No, it was it was, it was was one of those bets where I, I was hoping on a dream. Not all dreams come true.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm glad you learned that one the hard way, but yeah. I got a question for you guys. Um,
2: seeing the playoffs play how they have so far this year. I mean, you we have we had teams like like Milwaukee, the Seventy Sixers, um, with Joel Embiid getting snubbed out of the All uh, All NBA. Um, teams like Brooklyn, um, Brooklyn. You have all these different teams. The playoffs were, were. There was a lot of of uh, good talent, big talent, and uh, we have Boston, and Golden State. Everybody thought it was going to be, you know, Phoenix or gonna sure gonna, Phoenix or yeah. Memphis. I don't know. This is we're getting there towards the end of the season. Um, what are some of these teams? Do you think that a team like the Mavericks can make another run like they did this last year? Next year?
1: (laughs) I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. No? No, because who did they play the first series? Uh, The Jazz. Yeah. The Jazz are going to come back every year. The Jazz, as much as I hate them, they're a decent team. They get to the playoffs every year. They're not an easy out. We also have to look at, I think, the Nuggets are going to be a real good team next year because they've got well, and, and we're coming talk- back, yeah. Huh? Well,
2: I, w- I was gonna say because, um, I don't know for me, I heard a lot of disgruntled jazz players after this last year. I mean, they're just every year they're making it, they're making it to the playoffs, and they have such high aspirations, and then they always fail. And so, I wouldn't be surprised to see some big moves on the jazz, whether they lose Rudy Gobert, I doubt it'll be Donovan Mitchell. But I can I can really see some some big moves going on over there.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I I don't think Mavericks. I think they'll have a. I think they'll obviously have a chip on their shoulder, but I think they'll go the opposite way with that. You know what I mean? You, you got you got you got teams that come back from that kind of stuff, and they they come in hard. And I think it, it's going to weigh in on Dallas a lot more than you know, then I think it will.
1: Well, anyways, so, you go ahead and finish up Because um, you were saying the Jazz. Yeah, I just think that the West is going to turn into a gauntlet. Like, you've got the, the Jazz, who for the most part will probably be back next year. They're never an easy out. You've got the Clippers. When, when they're healthy, they're a tough team to beat in a seven-game series. You've got the Nuggets, who I think are going to be a team that could go deep next year if they're all healthy. Like the Joker had nobody on his team this year, and he still found a way to win some games.
2: Well, and thinking about like Micah, you're standing off a whole bunch of really good teams, but we're not even accounting for um, what the Lakers are going to do this yeah. off season. I mean, you can't count LeBron James out. Um, the, of course the gold state they're in the finals. Still got the um, Suns the and the sons, the Memphis Grizzlies,
1: Grizzlies are young
2: too. um, And so those are, I mean, that's a lot. And the Timberwolves too. We, I don't think, I think, think I think the Timberwolves played really, really good basketball in this playoffs and I wouldn't be surprised to see like an Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthem towns and some of those cats, uh, you know, really, you know, coming out next season and really, playing so um health wise that team is that team is built and the Western conference should be a gauntlet. I feel like this last year it was kind of really um there wasn't you had the Phoenix Suns who were just their record was just way better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then it really just kind of fell off from there. I mean because of injuries and stuff like that. Uh, but I feel like hopefully next year, going into next year, we get some of these guys back healthy and the West will be the Western conference again. The Western conference has always been super duper competitive and yeah. just so much talent. There's and also the
1: Pelicans stuff. too that we can't count out.
2: Yeah. Zion just got cleared, uh, for, yeah, got cleared. Full, for full
1: contact. plus CJ with an entire off season with that team, that's going to be huge, pretty scary team. And then Dame is going to be healthy again, coming the next season. And Granted, hopefully, we don't know what the Blazers are going to do, but exactly. Well, and I feel like the Blazers are going to, are looking
2: to make some moves in this off season. Um, so, but yeah. And then of course the Western, the Eastern conference was so stacked this year too. It was so tight. I mean, just to just to give a little background on the Celtics, January, the beginning of January, they were the eleventh seed with a record of twenty-two and twenty-two. Yeah, and now look at look at they're in the NBA playoffs. That just shows you like the grit.
0: I remember two seed.
2: Yeah, the grit of that team, the grit of the Eastern Conference, because everybody was deadlock that uh the seeding came down to like tiebreakers
1: and stuff like that. that so that eastern conference race was really tight this year
2: so it's going to be really exciting to uh to get into next year but i want to get into um the nba finals and so we're going to start off with micah i want you to give us our picks your pick
1: why? Are we going? Are we going down to like Finals MVP too? Yeah, let's do it all. I'm gonna go Golden State in seven. Wow! And I think that, I think that Steph is finally gonna get that elusive Finals MVP.
0: <laughs> That's valid. Who who got it? Who got it the last time? It was KD. I got it right for golden state. Yeah. And then before that, Iggy, Iggy. a dollar, right?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Steph will probably get it. If they win. I
2: wouldn't be, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you see like an Andrew Wiggins and, um, because of the defense, of how important it's going to be to play good defense against the Boston Celtics and yeah. uh, Jason Tatum. And uh, sadly,
1: they're not going to give the finals MVP to the losing from, team. So,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. I guess, uh, well, I don't think that
0: Boston's going to lose. I don't think Boston's going to lose either. But I've been wrong before. So.
1: It, Tommy's probably sweating a little bit now that he's got that Boston pick with JJ.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Did you, you are on the get?
0: Yeah, I should probably say this one out.
1: <laughs> JJ
0: still right, going bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Golden State, Golden State four.
2: Yeah, uh, JJ, better set this one out for the sake of the Boston franchise.
1: And I just say Golden State and four. Bean Town's coming for JJ.
0: Um yeah.
2: So Micah guys, Micah has Golden State in seven, Steph winning the MVP. Yeah. JJ.
0: Ooh, I got Boston in six with Jason Tatum winning the MVP. JT. That dude's such a beast. Did you see that he was wearing a Kobe a Kobe Bryant sweatband today? Yeah. Channel is in her mamba.
2: He played good. The Boston definitely played really, really good team uh team basketball that today. And uh I think that's we were able to keep the lead the whole entire game, which was really, really good. I'm gonna take um Boston.
0: Austin.
2: in seven.
0: You guys think it's gonna go a whole mile, huh?
2: NBA and uh it out. Gotta get the Al Horford wins the MVP.
1: Al Horford.
2: And, I mean, he's already in the running for right now. I mean, he's just been he's been a big, big difference maker in all of these series. So.
0: Yeah. And the way he looked tonight too, he looked so good. What were you saying, Mikey? He looked like he was still in his 20s.
1: Yeah, that man, that man's like Benjamin Button, dude. <laughs> he somehow like is getting younger.
0: <clears throat> he's getting better the older he gets.
1: <laughs> that man's like a fine
2: wine, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think Al Horford's been playing the best basketball of his career.
0: Yeah, he's doing He's doing good. Uh, hopefully, he could stay healthy though, because he missed a game in the series, didn't he? Uh
2: no, I don't think he did.
0: Yeah, I'm I, sure he did. I hey, think he is.
1: I think that he'll be more than healthy enough, though. Like he has enough. He has enough help with with the other centers that, if he's starting to to feel a little bit, yeah. somebody else can step in.
0: Like that. Well, and that's well, gonna really be interesting.
1: It's pretty good. That's going to be the
2: interesting part is how how Boston's going to be able to boston's gonna run the rotations because i feel like robert williams is gonna be he's gonna hurt us more than he's gonna benefit us because he just is not fast enough to pick nice. up on the three-point line and i mean just in this series alone they were cooking them they were pulling them out to the three and they were cooking them and, and he, uh Golden state's a Davis. different
1: beast in miami on that three
2: yeah, Golden State is—they are way better at the three-point line. So we're gonna really have to be closing that, closing them out, um, unless we're doing some really good switching and Robert Williams stays disciplined and stays in the paint. Um, then we might be able to pull that off. But I can just see—I can just see it now. I mean, but uh, it's definitely gonna be super competitive. I feel like Boston has all of the pieces to beat Golden State um i definitely think that it's gonna go all all the way uh to a game seven for sure but like i said i feel like al horford i feel like daniel tice i, I got a big feeling daniel tice is gonna have a lot of minutes he's gonna be a big difference maker um and then you got you got to have these role players like uh Derek white playing good basketball uh, grant williams he's got to play good basketball um yeah. Even our, our bench, we got to have guys like uh, Peyton Pritchard playing good, uh, backing up Marcus Smart. And
1: Boston's got to have everybody hitting. If they have everybody hitting, then they'll, it's going to be pretty hard for them to lose it. But you know, Golden yeah. State's going to bring it.
0: Yeah, they yeah. have. Both teams are going to bring it. I, I think it's going to be a fest. It's it- these. The way Boston's defense was looking at the end of this series, and I mean, I'd even say throughout this whole series, like Boston's defense looked good. And, um, but you know, you got, you're playing up against the Heat who got, who got numbers and Kyle Lowry and, you know, uh, Butler were just still doing their thing, you know, and, but Boston was, they were hustling, they were doing their thing and stuff like that. But it's still, I don't know, I don't want to say that Golden State hasn't played up against a good defense like this. But this defense is probably the best defense that you can put against Golden State right now.
1: Well, you handled Memphis, and Memphis has pretty solid defense. Yeah.
2: I think that's going to be the big difference. And this is one of the things that I was talking with Micah about earlier is that uh, I feel like both the Eastern and Western conferences were both played. Their basketball was way different. I feel like in the Eastern Conference, it was just, you know, classic old school beat up basketball and uh in the western conference it was more you know three pointers lots of lots of three pointers lots of fast-paced basketball it wasn't as as rough i know that that uh series with the with the grizzlies was was a tough one and that was physical and they took them they t- took them uh well game six right yeah yeah and I feel like that's what they're going to get from Boston. They're going to get physical. They're going to get pushing and bumping, and it's going to be all of that. So, um
0: think it's going to you know, be chippy. It's oh, going to yeah. be chippy.
2: Yes, oh, for yeah. sure. This is the finals. Boss, this is Boston's first time uh, for the Warriors. This is just another day in the office, and that's why I feel like this is going to be a lot of pressure on Boston where their role players have to do their thing, and um Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to be consistent, need to be consistent. And yeah. that right there if we can't get consistency out of them, our role players can do whatever they want. We're not. we're gonna be toast. We're gonna be dead in the water because, um, even just watching this now, when Jalen Brown wasn't playing good, we were hurting. Um, yeah, and so. One of the things watching this that I really kind of saw in Jalen Brown is that Jalen Brown isn't, he reminds me a lot of a Clay Thompson. He's a, he's a really, really good shooter and he can get to the basket, but um, his dribbling, I feel like he does these crazy like spin moves and he's always trying to be way too much and he loses the ball. Jason Tatum does the same thing too. Yeah. But um, Jalen Brown isn't as good as finishing at the rim as he is, is shooting, getting uh, Jalen Brown moving around, moving around, uh, scraping off screens, and shooting the ball. I feel like that's where Jalen Brown shines the most. And I feel like that's where we're going to need to use him a lot.
1: Yeah, Jalen needs to quit trying to finesse everything and, and get fancy with the, with the ball, because that man, I do not trust that man with the rock in his hands. Yeah. Going up against a perimeter defender, because them cookies are going to get stolen. Yeah, and they were. Jimmy Butler had had a career
2: in steals against Boston. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I feel like it was almost like it happened once a quarter where uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler was picking off the ball and taking it down for an easy score at the end of the um, the other end. It was ridiculous. They were eating him alive. Um, So Boston's going to really need to pick it up. Right there, and Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum need to play their roles just as much as the rest of the team needs to play their roles too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, uh, like you say, in the rotation and everything like that. But Golden State, they, they, if they want their points, they're going to get them. So, we'll see.
2: Well, and some some other fun matchups to watch for is going to be. Um, a Grant Williams versus a Draymond Green—that's going to be a fun one. Uh, Martha, who, do
1: got, who
0: do you got your money on that?
1: Draymond.
2: Draymond.
1: <laughs> you think Draymond wins? Draymond, Draymond goes toe to toe with centers day in and day out, and He's in Grant a Williams. Is not Grant a Williams. I respect I Grant Williams just because of that attitude. You're not, you're not touching Draymond, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's going to be a fun matchup.
2: Um, but also the Marcus Smart versus uh, Steph Curry, that's going to be a fun matchup. Defensive player of the year versus Steph Curry. Greatest
1: shooter of all time. You say, uh-huh. you're telling me he's not the greatest shooter of all time. you telling me you pick him over Larry Bird? Yes. Yes.
0: Oof.
2: No, no hesitation.
0: Yes. I wouldn't take him over Larry.
2: When it
1: comes to that's shooting, anything. where's, where's comes, Larry at on the all-time three-pointers list? Yeah, but you, you
0: said shooter, not three-point shooter.
1: He is. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Not
0: three-point shooter. Or not, not just shooter in general. I think Larry Bird's a better shooter than him.
1: I'm still going
2: stuff. Shooter, shooter, three-point shooter, there's not a big difference. That's what there a is shooter a
0: is.
1: Difference. No, that's what the shooter is. We're not saying the greatest mid-range. Shooter, yes. We're not saying the greatest mid-range player ever, because if it is, then I'd probably go with like Demar Derozan over Steph. Yeah. Or Chris Paul over Steph. I ooh. don't say mid-range. Uh, mid-range Paul, shooter? Are you kidding me? Chris Paul's king of the
0: mid-range. No, I, I'm just saying I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Steph Curry. It, it, I, that's that's opinionated. I wouldn't take Steph Curry over Larry Bird.
1: That's not an opinion,
0: yeah, but that's the thing one. Is that you
2: don't even you don't have a good reason why you would take steph Curry over over Larry Bird, other than the fact that Larry Bird's a homeboy.
0: No, Larry Bird wasn't a homeboy. He played for Boston, yeah, but just what that man could do with that ball with whoever was standing in front of him is
1: Steph's the number one all-time three pointer. That man <laughs> knows what to do with the ball.
0: Yeah, but he also has a lot of help from his team that put him in positions to be able to make those shots too. But Larry who's Burley the one ultimately shooting the ball
2: right? for the three? Huh? I was I'm saying, you don't need to have – you don't, your team – what is your team doing for you when you're pulling up from 40 feet? <laughs> your team yeah, not how, doing – How, how
0: your team often is, not how do does Steph Curry actually pull up from 40 feet? He does it too all often. the time. Too often. <laughs> yeah, with the screen coming onto it. No yes
2: he'll be taking it up and he'll just pull it up from the three or from he does like not, 40
0: he does feet not do that as often as you, I, you think you think he does
1: i respect it the does. boston celtics bias but larry bird is not the greatest shooter of all time
0: no, the no, records no. prove
1: it the records prove it
0: i, I say so put know. up a poll on our facebook page and see it.
1: okay
2: Okay, and anybody who knows what they're talking about is gonna know that Steph Curry is the best shooter of
0: all time. I don't think so. Even if you were to ask dad right now, Tommy, who who the best shooter, I bet you money he'd pick Larry Bird. That's what he wouldn't pick Larry Bird. I think he would.
2: No, Larry Bird is special for for not his shooting was was, yeah, the best of his time. But at the same time, he was clutch, and he, he he could do what he wanted to
1: you Larry anywhere Burnham's on the court. Exactly what Tommy said. He was going to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted.
2: But when it come when it came to just shooting the ball, Steph Curry got he's got him cooked. Maybe maybe
0: like three four, four years ago. Something. I can't I can't agree. You can't agree because you
1: because you're just being a homer. But when you have guys like Reggie Miller, guys like Ray Allen. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, when they all acknowledge that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time, I'm I'm going to lean wait, towards Steph then. Wait, who, which one of those guys played with Larry Bird? Which one of those guys played against Larry Bird? Yeah. I know, Reggie Miller did.
2: Yeah, Reggie Miller did. did. And who else? Reggie Miller was also a better three-point
0: shooter than Larry Bird. Yeah, but not a better shooter. I'm just saying Larry, Larry bird was built different. Larry. No shooting
2: shooter, shooting from the three point shooting from the mid range shooter. It's a shooter. You're shooting from the three point range. It's a perimeter shooter. It's a shooter. That is what a shooter is. It's not a pull up dribble the ball. It's just a shooter, a pure shooter. Larry bird was not a pure shooter like Steph Curry. That's why you, you can, you can hardly even put them in the same category. It's like,
1: you yeah, Larry Bird know, I would... wasn't a shooter. Larry Bird was a clutch player, but he wasn't a shooter. Okay. That wasn't Larry Bird's role. He wasn't the shooter. He was the guy that was going to give you points day in and day out. And after he did what he was going to do, he was going to go sit down on the bench.
0: All right, next topic.
1: Well, because you don't have an argument for
0: that? No, I just don't want to talk. I don't want to try to defend myself. I, I, I kind of want to do a little more research on this before I start. But I, just in my opinion, I would rather, yeah, I'd rather take Larry Bird.
1: Are we talking like an end game situation? Like you would rather take Larry Bird over Steph Curry?
0: Well, I mean, if you ask it like that, then
1: yeah, wouldn't you? The game. You on You sat the,
0: here and told me that about the game on the here? line.
1: You're down by three points. You need someone to hit a fast three-pointer. Who are you going to pick? I'm taking Steph Curry.
0: Fast three point, a fast three-point than Steph Curry. But you're telling me a two-pointer. Who are you going to want to take that shot?
1: Still going to want to take Steph Curry because he's a great shooter Steph of all Curry. time.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. You just sat here and told me. He's a good a clutch player. That's what he's known he for, is. as a clutch player. Sure. He is.
2: But at the same time, like, like I'm talking – you're down by three. There's three seconds left on the clock. You know, I cannot, I, I can see it in my head, bro. I've it's the Golden State Warriors have burned it into my brain. These <laughs> these off ball screens for Steph Curry just running, 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 running. Boom, open shot. Drains it. Just it's ingrained in my head because he does it so much. And I feel like he does it so much that that. You watch it casually. You watch it casually, like that's yeah, just what Steph Curry does. And then, and then all of a sudden, like it's so you're so used to it that like it's even hard to be like, oh yeah, like you forget how good he actually is because he does it so much. It's like a
1: casual thing, you know what I mean? Steph like, Curry changed the game. He did. He's the reason why people shoot the three pointers nowadays.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. He brought that. All right, next topic. Dish it out, huh?
2: Dish it out. What are we talking?
0: Um, let's see. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Where am I spacing his name? Uh, Ravens quarterback,
2: Lamar. Lamar Jackson
0: just got that contract.
2: He did. I didn't think he did. I thought he did. No, I thought they were still in. No, I don't uh, think so. I thought they were in negotiations.
0: I swear
1: yeah. I
2: because he was sitting out uh, the he's voluntary out OTAs. The,
1: yeah, he's sitting out the OTAs.
0: Maybe he didn't get it, but it's, it's a big topic right now, what they're talking about. Okay, yeah, it's not done yet.
2: You know what? Actually, I want to talk about something a little controversial. Um, did you guys see what happened between the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox a couple it days not. ago? Beginning of the week? With Donaldson? Uh, with, uh, yeah, Donaldson and Anderson.
1: Where uh, he called him Jackie? Yeah. Called him what? Okay, <laughs> let's, let's preface this with the backstory. Tim Anderson called himself the new Jackie Robinson. Oh. In a a magazine a couple years ago, right? Called himself the new Jackie Robinson, right? Okay. So Josh Donaldson, you know, jokingly called him Jackie during one of the games, and now everyone's calling him a racist.
0: Oh, man.
1: Well, well, I think an
2: important thing to to know is that, uh, so before... When it first came out, it was uh, this big thing that uh, Tim Anderson was calling himself Jackie Robinson, and um, uh, which Donald says, role. "We don't even yeah. know who
1: you are, Tim Anderson." Slow <laughs> your roll,
2: right? Yeah, no, you, you're taking like one of the most important, the most important person when it comes when it comes to uh, diversity in sports or just you know change and. Uh, the movement and everything like that the most important person in sports in sports history when it comes to uh for the african americans and um they and you're calling yourself that person i feel like it's definitely a little cringy like eesh, like that's you know a lot but uh you know when somebody says something like that like JD was walking around, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm the next, you know, Jackie Robinson." I'd be like, "Well, cool, cool your roll, or slow your roll, dude, because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's JJ's
1: a is gonna be the next Manny Ramirez."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: next um, I don't know. And so he joked about it, and he said, and he said that uh, he said, "What's up, Jackie?" And uh, they got in a big fight about it, and uh, Donaldson got suspended a game. And by the by the MLB, and it was this big old thing whether they should or whether they shouldn't. Um, but then it later came out that I guess Tim Anderson had told him not to call him Jock Jackie, and he did it anyways. So I don't know. I'm I on think- Josh
1: Donaldson's side, <laughs> <laughs> mainly because yeah. I think that uh, in a fight. I would much rather fight Tim Anderson over Josh Donaldson. So I'm going to go with Josh Donaldson on this one.
2: Yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's like a time and a place, you know, and, uh, I'm sure that it made some people uncomfortable for uh, Tim Anderson to be calling himself this in the first place. And so I am kind of, I agree with this suspension, just in this, just in the aspect of, of turning it into a racial thing.
0: Yeah. Well, they had um, it. They have to do something. You yeah. know what I mean with it? With it being that big and what it is, and just what society is today, they have to, that. You have to do something.
2: But at the same time, I feel like somebody should really pull Tim Anderson aside and just be like, "Hey, man, ask yes
1: for it."
0: Yeah.
2: You I mean you're you're asking? You're putting yourself in a position, to where. This is what's going to come of it, you know. And it's not even like, it's not even like a close to a Jackie Robinson type of a situation because, you know, Jackie Robinson was just trying to play bass, trying to play baseball. Tim Anderson, you know, is trying to take this persona of a Jackie Robinson, which is cool and great. But at the same time, you know, don't call yourself that. It's just kind of disrespectful, in my yeah. opinion. Of Jackie Robinson and what he did for the sport, but um, like I said, a time and a place. I mean, I don't think that stuff like that needs to be handled on the on the on the diamond. I think that somebody in the management or whatever for the Yankees or yeah for the White Sox need to pull needs pull Tim Anderson aside and be like, "Hey, man, like this is you're put you put yourself in this situation because you're you're." Taking this glory of of uh, Jackie Robinson and trying to take it and make it your own, yeah, which is, in my opinion, sacrilegious and disrespectful for Jackie Robinson.
1: Especially because nobody even knows who Tim Anderson is, bro.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't be saying that stuff like that.
1: Like, relax, man. I talked to Mookie Betts before I ever talked to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep. Um, well what about you, JJ? Did, did you agree with the... Uh, if you try to back system? out of
1: this, bro, we're putting a target on your back. Who started you on?
2: <laughs> do you I agree with this suspension?
1: Yeah, yeah, I
0: agree with it. Like I said, like, and like you were saying, you know, with it being as big as it was and publicized like it was, you know what I mean? Like, obviously it's a controversial thing, so they have to do something about it. But I don't, I don't think he should... It should drag along with him. You know what I mean? Cause I don't think it was any malicious intent of what he was saying to him or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, like Mike was saying, you asked for it, you know, you're going to go around saying that kind of stuff then. And then somebody calls you and you're like, Oh, but yeah.
1: Call me Jackie. Wait, don't call me Jackie.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm Jackie, <laughs> but
1: don't call me it. But oh, I'm. Oh, you know. why is this white guy calling me Jackie?
0: Yeah. Hey, no you can't do that you you, you're you're setting other people up i think by saying that
2: um yeah so and one other controversial topic that i do kind of want to bring up just because it made its way into the sports world um through uh steve kerr about the whole uh the shooting in Texas and I, to, and to all my fans out there listening, uh, pay my respects and my condolences for those families who lost their loved ones. Um, in that shooting, uh, it's terrible. Um, I, i my heart breaks for those people and for that town and city. Um, so much love from the daddy caddy podcast. We, we want to reach out to you, but Steve Kerr brought it up, brought up uh, gun control. I'm talking about background checks and all this other stuff but i want to ask you guys your guys' opinion on uh things like this the shootings they happen i feel like they happen all the time we've had like over a hundred shootings since the beginning of of this year alone in america in the united states so <clears throat> i'm gonna start with you micah what is your opinion on this whole gun control thing and what do you think uh, we should, the country should do about something like this?
1: I think that it's pretty easy for Steve Kerr to say something like that when he's got his armed bodyguards and he's got his big old fenced-off house. Uh, I'm very pro-gun, and I think that we should look at all of these shootings that have happened and figure out how many were considered gun-free zones. I also would like to take a look at these shootings and see how many of these weapons were legal or illegal, how they attained them or acquired them. I do agree that maybe background checks need to be changed, but I, uh, I'm very big on the Second Amendment, and I don't think that we should have... People with as much attention as like a Steve Kerr, trying to influence politics. I think that that, like that, yeah, yeah. If he wants to do that, be a politician, Go, run for yeah. office, really make some change. But don't try to sit up there in your high horse, because you know you have a lot of followers and your opinion is very validated with a lot of people. Don't try to push something that you don't care about.
0: Yeah. Or, or that you don't have any ability to change yourself. Yeah,
2: no, I, yeah. I agree with you, Mike, hundred percent. Like, I am too. Also, pro gun, and I feel like, um, I feel like that something that is needed. I feel like we should look at something like this. Well, look at, I mean, it's happened all. It has happened. It's been happening. In this uh, this has been happening to us for years in this country. Um, people, school shootings all the time, and and I feel like. Um, we need to do what we did 911. What did we do with our airports to one after 911? We bumped
0: up we our security,
2: security. We, ma- we maximize our security. So why so why are we being so nonchalant and dragging our feet to bump up uh, security around the people that are so important to us, our, our young ones, our little ones? Like why aren't we, business, the them? Why aren't we why aren't we making those places more, uh places where where you're like not gonna bring a gun you know like yeah i'm not gonna bring a gun into there because like i know if that something like that happens i'm gonna catch a lot of heat whether you're gonna run into security or you're gonna run into something else like i feel like that's something that we should we should really think about is you know creating some sort of security some sort of maybe armed security whatever it is something to influence these people to be like hey this isn't such an easy target like this is not an easy target anymore. It's you not like just
0: walk in here and do what you want.
2: Exactly. And I feel like that's what we did with our airports after 9-11. Like, why aren't we doing that for our schools, for the for our kids? You know, I want them to be protected. And another thing, because I am in law enforcement, something that really bothered me is that the police department. And it makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about and watching them like knowing that they sat there for 45 minutes before they even did a thing um to go into the school to go do anything like that. Like I know I'm DOC, but um I have we have training out there. There's 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 so much training and I feel like people are lazy and they don't want to do this stuff because most some of it most of it is voluntary and different things like that. Um, But this training is so important because you got guys you got these cops that are, you know, beat cops or whatever, and they don't know what to do when something like this. They they don't run towards the guns. They're scared of it. They don't, you know, when they hear gunshots, they run away. And I feel yeah. like that's that's not what we should be. That's not how we should be training our our law enforcement. It's the people that are supposed to to be there to protect and to serve, and they're standing on the sidelines like a, like a normal citizen. Um, and it just makes me sick to to think that this gunman had time to go and make rounds around this school to go wherever he wanted. He had free range. They were like protecting him, you know, and it was like, it was so fine, nobody man. was in there looking for him. He had enough time um, to go in there and to, you know, confirm his kills. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was to the point where he had just that much time and it, it, it makes me sick and i think that we should be doing something where we can do training or or maybe get veterans you know uh some jobs and they're protecting these schools as security officers and stuff like that like i feel like something like that you know would make a huge difference in that and uh I don't know, like I said, it breaks my heart and I just don't really feel like that we're doing enough. And I don't think that that taking away guns is the issue or, or making it harder to get guns because if you want to get a gun, you can get a gun. This is, you know, this is America. You can get yeah. just about anything and everything that you want, you know and you know making giving making you do a couple extra background checks before you buy a gun is not going to stop you from shooting up a school what's going to stop you from shooting up a school is three or four ex-marines standing outside those doors with ars or whatever weapons that they have that's going to stop a school shooter for a a guy from walking in that building and trying to shoot up our little kids that's what's going to stop them um and i know it, it it puts us in a worse situation but this is where we are this is reality like i know we don't want to send our kids to places where they have to be protected by ex-military you know but this is the world that we live in today um yeah. and we this is just the challenges that we have to live with and i feel like that's just it's just going to be a part of the thing you know i mean we have to go same with our airport security that changed everybody didn't like it. it; made everybody really uncomfortable hey look now we're used to it now
0: um yeah, and now there's less plane you know what i mean there's less troubles in the airports
2: yeah when was the last time we had a another a plane jacking a skyjacking, or whatever
0: yeah yeah no i i i, I agree i i am very pro-gun myself um I think with with all these shootings and stuff, like there there's something that needs to be uh, taken into place. And I, I don't think that taking away guns is the answer either. Um, they, these these people that go and shoot up these places, they they go to places where they know they're not going to have any retaliation. Um, I don't know if you guys remember about that Buffalo shooting that happened in that supermarket, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But that was the exact same thing that happened. This this dude wrote an entire manifesto before he went and shot up that supermarket. And in in in, in some of his manifesto, I read some of it. And stuff like that, then he said that the reason why he chose this place in New York was because of how strict their gun laws were. He said, I, I know what I have. It's bigger than everybody than what anybody I'm going to run into. I know that anybody that's actually carrying a weapon is going to have less than eight rounds in their magazine, because that's the law. So anything that they have, I have a bigger weapon, and I'm going to have an advantage against them. And you, so you have people like that, that take advantage of these kind of gun laws. And like you said, people are going to get guns wherever wherever they they want. If you have a malicious intent, you're going to make it happen one way or another. You know what I mean? And so I I think, you know, that's why, that's why these people choose schools, and they choose, you know, just places where these people are vulnerable and stuff like that and i i think it's ridiculous and you know i don't think it's right and there's going to be a change and more gun control isn't going to be the answer you know what i mean and if they're talking about you know taking away guns from people and stuff like that that be a lot more hairier than what they think it will be for people so i don't know it's one of those things where People talk a lot of talk, but until, until people start, you know, acting upon what they want to do with these guns, then nothing's going to change, or it's going to get worse. So,
2: yeah, like I said, more security, better training for our officers, um, and I think that right there will make a huge difference uh, because nobody's afraid. Of, a, of an elementary school, or even I guess now our law enforcement. I mean, it's making it, it puts a bad name out there for our law enforcement when stuff like that happens and people think that, oh, well, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. Um, so,
1: but yeah, I know that stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Yep. That's what I was born and raised hearing my entire life yep
2: but uh yeah that's uh some of the top big drama that's been going on and and again our condolences from daddy caddy out there to uh to all those people in in texas that lost their loved ones and and uh and buffalo as well thank you for bringing that up jj um but uh yeah I guess uh, don't mean to leave the podcast on a, on a sad note or anything, but um, you yeah. know, but we but we love you guys, and we're glad that you guys can be able to join us here, and we hope that you guys are having a good a good weekend, having a good Memorial Day weekend, and uh, out there visiting family and enjoying each other's presence, and um, you know, keep them close and love and love every single second of uh, the opportunities you have to be with these people that you love, um, because life is precious and life is short. But uh, that about wraps it up for us here on the Daddy Caddy Podcast. Uh, so uh, we look forward to to listening to you guys. We probably won't be back on until Thursday evening after Game One of the NBA Finals. Um, and uh, we have a lot of fun stuff planned for uh, this summer on the podcast. So, so stay stay tuned. And uh, we'll be back with you guys
0: soon. Love ya. Love you guys.